Tell us a little bit about what you saw and, and, and being able to relay that message to Cora when you watched Kimbrell pitch and, and kind of help out so he wasn't uh, tipping his pitches. So tipping pitches, we hear about it all the time. People at home understand what tipping pitches is all about. It's amazing. Man. And that's remarkable. Alex, I'd like to start the podcast this week by telling you about a dream that I had last night. This is great. This is how all good podcasts start. The dream is baseball related. I was on the New York Mets. <laughs> this is a maybe a window into my psyche. Uh-huh. Maybe I'm sharing more than I should. But I had a dream that I was on the New York Mets. And we are playing against the New York Yankees in Yankee Stadium. And guess what I did? What did you do? I did something that the Mets could not, which is I hit two home runs. Oh, oh. That's, was, was this like, a, like an incredibly meaningful game? Like, is this a playoff matchup? Do you know? Is it dog days of summer where the Mets have been out of it since June? It was hard for me to tell. Um, I, I couldn't really, like, in the dream... I don't think my subconscious knows enough faces to like place that many fans. So right. I couldn't tell how many fans were there. Mm. I was just in the dugout with the Mets. And uh, so I hit two home runs. In one of those home runs, Terrence Gore went back to back with me. So that would lead me to believe that maybe I'm hitting eighth, <laughs> which hurts my ego a little bit. If I went yard twice, buck, what the fuck, dog? Yeah, move him up. Terrence Gore went back to back with me. Um, another detail from the the dream is that I had a really shitty bat bag that I had to pack myself mm. that I was like really ashamed of. You know, it like didn't feel very big league right. that I had this bag, mm-hmm. which again, any armchair psychologist listening to this, I don't know what that means. Yeah. Honestly, the most important detail I've saved for last. So was on the Mets. There were many members of the current New York Mets. Also, Giancarlo Stanton kept like coming into our dugout to like say hi to me. <laughs> don't really know what that means <laughs> but I was on the Mets so many current members of the New York Mets were there in the dugout in this dream including one Pete Alonzo I was not in the field so I think I was DHing you were DHing eight. wow so I guess Terrence extremely Gore, tough beef you what is I want to know the psychology behind that <laughs> I don't I guess Terrence Gore was in the field um, so Pete Alonzo was playing first base yeah a, a pop fly was hit Pop-up was hitting foul territory. He went to go chase it down. And as he went to go catch it, he, he kind of tried to catch it basket style, underhand. And the ball went straight through his glove. Mm. And his glove, like, broke, you know, like the, the stitching yeah. broke apart. And so he came over to the duckout. And as he was trying to tie the glove back together, repair it, I was helping him. The trainer was helping him. And I, I noticed written in Sharpie, on the side of his glove, you know, almost like where players have their like name inscribed yeah. and their number inscribed on the side of their glove. It just said, Union No. <laughs> wow. Pete Alonzo, scab? Anti labor? In Bobby's dream? I mean, dreams are always pulling from reality. Right, right, exactly. There was some part of your subconscious that felt like he might be on the other side of that line. Right, like he might not be down with the unionizing the minors. Right. I think this was just your body telling you that you needed to check up on this. So, like, I need to reach out to the Mets to mm-hmm. try to get comment from Pete. Yeah. As they are Pete specifically, the, the as middle they make of a, a very important playoff push. Playoff push. Yeah. <laughs> I need to just come and be like, hey, guys, I had this dream. I have this podcast. We talk a lot about labor. Right. <laughs> just trying to work some stuff out Hypothetically here. Hypothetically speaking, if Pete had a Sharpie, if he had a Sharpie, and an open space on the side of his glove. Would he write union yes or union no? What is his, like, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle? I kind of feel like Pete's a union man. So I don't know what's going on there. Can you, I mean, if anyone listening to this practices behavioral therapy, <laughs> Freudian behavioral therapy, please don't reach out to me. I actually don't want to know what any of this stuff means. The thing about Pete is I don't think he feels strongly one way or another. About most things. About most I don't think he has two brain cells to rub together about the union specifically. All right. (laughs) Leave Pete's two brain cells out of this. (laughs) They're trying their hardest. They're doing so much work. It's like that meme of like Kyrie and LeBron both scoring 41 in the same finals game. Yeah, Those are exactly. (laughs) Trying to come up with a take about whether he supports minor league unionization. (laughs) We have a great podcast coming up, Alex. We have 
our our version of a playoff preview where we are going to play a little game of sell me this pen except instead of selling a pen we are going to sell you each playoff team and why they should win the world series we are also going to talk to mckenna martin an elite member of dodgers twitter about the dodger player hotness bracket but before we do all of that i am bobby wagner i am alex Baisley, and you are listening to my dream diary (laughs) also known as tipping pitches Bobby, can I just say before we get started here? No, let's just get started. No, you're not actually allowed to. Nope. The Yankees got to let Roger Maris Jr. go home. Bro. <laughs> let him go. He needs to sleep. He's like a zoo animal. <laughs> He's like, like, I think they keep him like, you know, chained up in the basement. It's like the, it's like the NBA, uh, you know, it's like when like TNT brings on their like, you know, ref right. uh, that they have that they, right. they only show him like once a game. And he's like in a closet. Right. He has to like ration a, a sandwich around over him. like 24 hours. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, okay. I'm glad you brought up Roger Maris Jr. before we start this exercise because everyone's brain is so broken right now about this Aaron Judge home run chase, about whether or not he's being thrown too many bad pitches. I'm kind of just uh, honestly almost where like scared to to wade into this territory on mm-hmm. the podcast because it seems like no one can have a normal take it's, it has to be like i will murder you if you don't agree with me about this yes what is happening there is this just mass hysteria yankees brain edition yeah i mean it's bleeding over into other sports too right i mean somewhat famously espn keeps cutting away during college football games Amazing. To Aaron Judge bats, which is actually the the best troll that ESPN <laughs> has done in a long time, especially because he's Imagining just walking like, every time. <laughs> Auburn fans just getting <laughs> fucking furious. <laughs> they should keep doing that, even if he gets past sixty two. I would like them to keep cutting in. Right, anything to make college football fans mad is is pretty good in my book, honestly. Yeah, but you're right that Roger Maris Jr. needs to just like go home. They need to let him go home. But also like, he's not really acquitting himself well in all of this. No, he's not. He's just constantly tweeting. Have, have you noticed that his, his tweets always have like a photo right. of Aaron Judge in it, but it's always like a screenshotted half of a photo, a cropped screenshot of a photo from Twitter <laughs> of Aaron Judge. I'm like, dude, he's doing, can we get this man a Getty images login or something? He's doing like, his best we, SEO. <laughs> He's, I muted him on my personal Twitter. I don't know if you've done the same or if you're still kind of enjoying this fun little game. I, blissfully, he has not come up on my Twitter timeline at all. He's actually, I mean, I saw, he's right, exactly. (laughs) I mean, I saw the take that was being passed around, but you know whose home run take I don't care about? The the son of the The guy who (laughs) held the supposed record. Who held a record. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, not interested. Happy for your dad. Happy for Aaron Judge and his family. Honestly, I was led to believe that journalists were all about equal time, uh-huh. equal representation. So if they're going to put a quote about Roger Maris Jr., or if they're going to put a quote from Roger Maris Jr. in a piece or in a tweet thread or whatever, well, why don't we call up Barry Bonds' kids? See what they yeah. have to say. A- actually. Let's call McGuire's kids. Mm-hmm. See what they got to say. Yeah. Equal airtime, man. I don't know if any of these people have kids. I, I have to assume that I they all like do, they, probably. Yeah. Um, Let's preview the playoffs the only way we know how, Alex, which is to uh, narrative ball them. So we obviously view baseball in a very specific way. Our listeners tend to view it in a similar way, I would say. So I'm hoping that with this segment, we can sort of help folks make the hard decisions when it comes to October. We're going we're gonna to make the case for why a tipping pitches listener should be okay with X team winning the World Series. And then you decide which of those cases is most most compelling to you, sort of in descending order. And then that way you can prioritize your rooting interests if your team is not in it this October, which, you know, many of our teams are not. So we just kind of randomized. We, we randomly came up with a list of the order. So we're going to start with Cleveland. And, and we, should, we should note that we're including both the Phillies and the Brewers here. Right. Because their spots are not guaranteed yet at this point. so But pretty much everybody else is locked into a position or the exact position that they will be in in the playoff bracket. And we're not going to talk about like individual matchups. We're not going to talk about pathways to the title. Right. We're not going to talk about lining up the pitchers. 
Oh, that's all I've written down. I hope you know that. <laughs> We're starting with Cleveland, who is the, the worst team in the field. I just think it's just got to say, it's just got to be truthful. The worst record from the worst division. But still, nonetheless, anything can happen in October. So, Alex, why should the Cleveland Guardians, why should we be okay with the Cleveland Guardians winning the 2022 World Series? Sell me the Cleveland Guardians. First, I want to say it's really hard coming at this from like a tipping pitches lens because you spend like six months out of the year completely going in yeah, on a franchise dumping all over any right. team and every team that we can get our hands on yeah, yeah exactly and now here we are over the smallest shit too like, yeah to the point where like the fans of these teams are like fuck you guys like i don't we it, this actually doesn't matter to, to us on a day-to-day basis and that's the thing when you watch the cleveland guardians a lot of that stuff falls away right you're not thinking about the dolans you might, Speak for yourself, you might think dog. about you might think about Francisco Lindor a little bit and what he might have meant to this uh, to this team. Low blow. We're trying to keep it positive. <laughs> this is an incredibly fun and incredibly young baseball team, right? Yeah. They have a lot of trading guys away who, all of your guys who are <laughs> right. That's generally how, do that. how it works. Yeah, <laughs> but it means they have some uh, some fun young stars and guys like um, Josh Naylor and Tristan McKenzie. Uh, Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario. Wow, yeah. lots, of, lots of Mets talk here. I'm really happy for them. Yeah. Both no, they, they're both having really good years. Um, this is also a really fast team. They have the third most stolen bases in the majors right now. Wow, stats. Yeah, stats. that's right. Oh, Let's I came prepared. Go. Stats. Yeah, yeah. Josh Naylor, really happy that he found a role as mm-hmm. an MLB player yeah, because he was so bad on defense and his bat wasn't keeping up. It's just actually cool to see him have highlights because he's such a toolsy player. Yeah. Yeah. He's also like having the time of his life out there if but it's also me- like so mad sometimes <laughs> well i know <laughs> just exactly. highs and lows for that guy anyway that's why i'm picking the guardians because <laughs> if you're if you're in on the on the youth revolution man yeah this is this is the place to be right to hell with what it means about their payroll <laughs> of, of course <laughs> here's why i here's why i would like you to root for the cleveland guardians you the listener mm-hmm. jose ramirez deserves this yeah absolutely of all the people in baseball a guy so loyal a guy so fun, a guy so holy himself. Jose Ramirez deserves to be the centerpiece of a World Series winning baseball team. That is the kind of world that I want to see. On top of that, here's the other element. I agree with most of the stuff that you said. Here's the other element. I think this might undo the chaos that 2016 wrought. (laughs) If we go back and we let Cleveland actually have one, whatever hellhole the Cubs winning in 2016 opened up, Maybe we'll close that portal and we can all cross our fingers and hope for that. So that is why the Cleveland Guardians should win the 2022 World Series. Next up, the Padres. I'll start this one off. I'd like to introduce you to something I'm calling the AJ Preller Corollary. (laughs) If the 2022 San Diego Padres turned things around after it looked like the trade deadline was leading to a dumpster fire, the all-in, chips-in-the-center-of-the-table gamble was going to backfire and A.J. Preller's opponents were going to turn a straight flush or whatever the fuck. I don't know. I don't play poker. After that, if they actually win the World Series, having done this, doesn't that create a bunch of copycats? Doesn't that raise the bar for what you have to do as a GM in order to win the World Series? you got to go all-in. you right. got to trade for Juan Soto. you got to trade away literally every prospect in your entire organization. <laughs> To build out a starting rotation because, frankly, you just can't develop a starting pitcher yourself. Right. Yeah. You have to do that. And so, on top of the fact that the Padres have a phenomenal fan base, they have a great ballpark, they seem to have an owner who is invested in the team and willing to spend resources in order to, to turn that franchise around from the lows that they had for so long. I think that it just it redefines what it means to be all in. And I think that that's good for baseball. Yeah, they are kind of the champions that should have been over the last couple of years right and we haven't really seen that materialize and it does feel like the Padres are kind of acting as a sort of referendum on those two different styles of uh, team construction roster construction right now and a win does vindicate Preller a little bit vindicated. it's a it's obviously it's obviously it's a new coaching staff right Bob Melvin in, is in his first year Aww. with the A's right now I think he's a you dude said with the A's Freudian <laughs> slip wow wow the same behavioral therapist, please do not analyze that either. 
He deserves this, man. He he, does. he really uh, he really gritted it out. This Walter White looking in ass. Oakland for a while. Yeah, honestly, no, he could he could do this. And their pitching staff is like fun. I mean, I love you, Darvish. I love yeah. I love that man. Who doesn't? Who doesn't? Except Astros fans. Yeah, I think I don't. Are they still holding that beef? Dodgers fans. I don't really no, know. They can't. You can't. You don't get to be mad. But after you fans. win one. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's fair. Even though it was Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else on the Padres? I do think it would make for an exciting sort of narrative if they were to win this without Tatis. Mm. Like I, th- and this is not you a reason necess- necessar- necessarily to want them to win. I don't necessarily care one way or another if they win with or without Tatis. Roger Maris does. Him. I'll tell you that absolutely he does. But can you imagine? All the takes that are going to be flying about whether Tatis is really the star that the Padres need. You're starting to lose me. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of stars that teams need, the Rays are up next. The only thing I can think of for why I would want the 2022 Rays to win the World Series is because I guess it makes Wander a legend. Like, immediate legend. World Series, under 22, just signed the biggest contract in Tampa Bay Rays history. It adds an air of mystique about him as a player that you just can't deny. Like the fact that the Nationals pulled it off in 2019 when Soto was just barely 21. It makes him, it it puts him down in, in the history of baseball as a legend. He was one of the best players at age 20 and 21 on a team that made a historic run. And so I guess if the Rays pull that off, I could narrative ball that narrative ball wander into being that same thing for them outside of that man i don't know what did you come up with for this this i'm not gonna lie this was probably the hardest team it was to come up with a narrative for raise fans tipping pitches raise fans are gonna be so just mad at so us so pissed right <laughs> just, now even I mean, in a segment where the whole thing is coming up with a reason to like the team we still can't really come up with much well the thing about the raise is like they haven't really changed their mo in the last few years, right? This this team is obviously very different from the one we maybe saw two or three years ago. But yeah. in, in ethos, it's very much the same. One or two young stars surrounded by value picks, right? They're batting Harold Ramirez, Manuel Margot, and David Peralta, four, five, six right now on a playoff <laughs> baseball team. And Harold Ramirez has been very good, very <laughs> good this year. So they've got a, they do have a little bit of like the underdog element going for them yeah as you you mentioned wander franco they have a a whole bunch of uh extremely electric young latin american players alongside franco and that to me feels like the best way in is you just have to enjoy the players like for their own merits i think it would be cool to watch particularly glasnow who just came off the il if he was able to be like really impactful for them in october after is Tommy John. He's a really, I think he's a really fun guy. I think he's an easy person to root for. McClanahan is one of the best young pitchers in baseball too. Yeah. To see him on, on a, on a big stage really come through would be satisfying in a way. Um, outside of that, I'm, I'm yeah. I mean, I leave I'm, me cold. I enjoy watching Corey Kluber still <laughs> like, like kind of <laughs> him and his four ERA. I'm like, man, that guy probably gives such good leadership in the clubhouse. This is awesome. <laughs> I don't know, man. He doesn't talk. I know. Uh, okay. Uh, Phillies, Phillies and Brewers are up next. We're going to combine them into one. I'm going to let you go first here because I got a big old blank on the line. <laughs> I mean... I'm marinating with this. <laughs> right. Okay. The Phillies, for me, is a, is a little bit easier. They haven't been to the playoffs since 2011. What happened that time? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to tell me? Bryce is still looking for his ring. A few years after so after leaving Washington, he's Aww. I I know right. I mean, there's a he Bryce did have a quote after after hearing that uh, Max Scherzer was signed by the Nationals. He said that he laughed and just said, "Where's my ring?" And uh, I don't I don't know, Bryce. <laughs> where is it? That's a question only you can answer. <laughs> also, I just want to say, seeing the Phillies defense on national television <laughs> would be such a joy. Again, I don't know yeah. if this is an argument for why they should win the World Series, but it would be kind of a big fuck you to anyone who gives a shit about defense at all. Yeah, I um, I actually think 
that I can make a better case for why it would be great to watch them make the World Series and then lose. Right. right. <laughs> like some of these are not necessarily here's why you should root for this team. It's like here's why it's going to be fun, fun to, to watch, watch for yeah, sure. Exactly. Well, watching the Phillies fans during the World Series mm-hmm. actually would be really entertaining. Yes. However, if the Phillies actually won, then it would kind of invalidate all the like psycho Philly fan behavior. I know. I know. And so it wouldn't be quite as fun as yeah. watching them lose in the World Series, but that's just me personally. I mean, I need to I need to refrain from from commenting about how the Phillies are able to enjoy themselves because I've made some some public enemies there <laughs> in that city. So <laughs> I'm gonna take a back seat now. This is your mea culpa to the city of Philadelphia. I know, right, right? This is me saying I can get on board if I need to. How about the Brewers? Sell me the Brewers. Uh, there's no Josh Hader anymore, which honestly, probably the biggest obstacle to me watching them in past postseasons is knowing that Hader's going to come in if they're winning. Devin Williams is infinitely more watchable than Josh Second Hader. biggest obstacle to watching them in the playoffs is their just absolutely putrid offense. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> just not being able to score runs. Just like remarkably middle of the road. Yeah. But their, their pitchers on the flip side make baseballs do things that like low-key go against the laws of physics yeah so it's gonna be all that right it's gonna kind of be on their rotation and their bullpen again now i feel like we're just talking about it's gonna be on their bullpen (laughs) it's to see can they hold up through the playoffs alex who's the x factor for the milwaukee (laughs) brewers in this in this postseason i like i like centering it on their pitchers yeah um you know the I think the death of the starting pitcher has maybe been a little bit overblown over the last five years. We've seen time and time again in the playoffs, you have to get innings from someone. The 2019 Nationals basically rode three starters to a World Series title and not much of a bullpen, honestly, outside of like Sean and a couple other guys. But even still, though, the Brewers, the Brewers starters, like they go six innings and then they're done. Mm-hmm. Like they very much are like a prescribed six innings of extremely efficient ball. Um, I'd love to see. Here's why it would. Here's why it would be fun. I'd love to see if they would push that further. If the bullpen seems shaky, do you let Corbin Burns go out there for seven and eight? Do you let him try to finish the game? If Rogers, their their new closer who replaced Hater, if you just used him on back to back nights or whatever, I think that's a pretty compelling reason for why it would be fun to watch them. Like imagine Corbin Burns starting Game Seven of the World Series, or game six, whatever the clinching game would be. That's pretty fun. I like that. Um, the next one I find to be a relatively easy case to make. I'll let you go first. It's the Seattle Mariners. This is the underdog pick, right? This feels like all of the kind of middle of the road teams who just missed the playoffs. And even all of the summer, the, and even all the teams who kind of underperformed, you can get behind the Mariners. Yeah. This is a team, again, I mean, have just crushed their historic playoff drought. Right, the longest in professional sports in the U.S. Really, I hadn't heard about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is one glaringly obvious reason to root for the Mariners. Let's hear right? it. Need I even say Julio? Oh, Julio. Who? Oh, who? Do, do you think I was going? Well, Kel- no, no, no. Kelnick? I agree. <laughs> I agree that Julio is a great reason to root for the Mariners. They seem like everyone's Cinderella. Yeah, like I, I feel like. We don't have to work that hard, actually, to convince neutral fans to root for the Mariners because I feel like two-thirds of neutral fans are already rooting for the right. Mariners. They're the ones who like shouldn't necessarily be here, and so it's yeah. easy to get behind that. Uh, you would get a lot of great content of like Edgar and Ken Griffey Jr. like being really happy in mm-hmm. stands, following the team around, being at the World Series. Here's my glaringly obvious reason that I thought that you were going to say because I thought maybe we were simpatico on this. Okay, Just a lot of great A-Rod content. Mm-hmm. He'd be like... I remember my time right. with the Mariners. <laughs> They'd be like, here's what they need to do. A, B, one, three, seven, D, to win the World Series. Yeah. You know? Like, we mm-hmm. would get a ton of, frankly, unhinged A-Rod at the World Series, reliving his time in Seattle, Instagram Live content. And for particularly for the listeners of Tipping Pitches, I think that we could all get behind that. Because, like, the Mariners can uncomplicatedly embrace him in a way that I don't think the Yankees would if the Yankees went on to win the World Series. Not right. to spoil anything that's coming. But I feel like the Mariners would welcome him back with open arms. 
I think they would too. I think you're right about the content. I, you know, I, I see a little bit of myself in Eugenio Suarez and, <laughs> and JP Crawford. You know, I, I really wish that, it, you know, if Jesse Winkers just tr- tried to take the ball the other way, I think mm. he'd be finding more, more success over the play. That's kind of the other, actually, the other aspect of the Mariners is like they made these offseason pickups and like most of them didn't really pan out. Like Jesse Winker, bad. Yeah. Adam Fraser, bad. <laughs> Go in, dog. Jared Kelnick. Bad. bad. <laughs> Might just be bad. Imagine Jared Kelenic just like hits 450 Raking. in the World Series. Well, that's usually how it works, right? <laughs> always, it's always how it works. Um, something about the Mariners, as I stare at a Ken Griffey Jr. poster in our studio right now. <laughs> something about the Mariners seems cool, number one. But number two, something about the Mariners brings out, I feel like, the real A-Rod. Like, he's so nostalgic for his younger self that he forgets all of the bullshit that happened in between it. And he just starts, like, telling stories from when he was 19. And you can't really, like, make that up, you know? Like, that yeah. child, childlike sense of wonderment. I feel like that's when A-Rod is kind of really at his most authentic. So you're hoping that this will bring out actual earnesty yeah. in Alex Rodriguez? I am. Like, he'll turn the grift off and he'll actually be in his bag. I feel like the A-Rod Corp Slack channel... Is going to agree with me on this one. I think, we'll just, so, I think so, too. We'll just have to see after we put this pot out into the world. Okay, Alex. We're ready to move on to the Dodgers. But uh, before we do, we're going to bring in friend of the show, McKenna Martin, to talk about the Dodgers' hotness bracket and how listeners of Tipping Pitches can support the charitable endeavors of this year's bracket. Boy, I'm trying to meet your mama on a Sunday to make a lot of love on a Monday. Okay, we are now joined by McKenna Martin, a mainstay on Dodgers Twitter, a legend of Dodgers Twitter, and a friend of Tipping Pitches. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. McKenna, you're here to talk about the fifth annual Hottest Dodger Bracket, a very important cultural moment for baseball Twitter. Can you please explain to the listeners of of Tipping Pitches who might not be as invested in Dodgers Twitter because we, we pull from a wide a wide pool of listeners here at Tipping Pitches who who like many different teams so not everybody here knows what the hottest dodger bracket is can you inform them what it is and obviously how people can support it yeah so the hottest dodger bracket is kind of the craziest dodger twitter thing that i started completely on accident um when i was a senior in high school which is now you know four years ago i'm now going into my senior year of college which is crazy um me and a couple of my friends had just like thrown around the idea of like you know, we all think they're hot. Like we can all be fans of the team, but you know, the Dodgers are pretty, I don't know. They're pretty hot. And so I just, as a joke, we had been talking about doing like a bracket, put all the names in like a randomizer, which actually turned out to be a nightmare because there was some brutal matchups. Like we had like a <laughs> Kike, Corey Seager, like second round matchup. Oh no. We're mad at that. I really, Kike <laughs> must've won. I assume. He won a lot. Him and Corey were like the big winners before they would leave honestly so i just did it like made it on my phone like in pic collage and posted it like (laughs) for my friends and was like oh my gosh i made this this will be fun and like it just kind of like took on a life of its own and you know it was fun here and there and i was at school one day and i came out of class like the one class that i had no service in or like my teacher wouldn't let us be on our phones or whatever and i just had like a million notifications and it had been on intentional talk Mm. and to this day don't have a video of it like i've looked in my bookmarks and like the one that someone like recorded on their tv is gone so i'll never get to see it again (laughs) but so since then i just have kind of done it every year and last year i'd kind of had the idea of doing like a charity thing just because it had gotten so much attention over the previous years Mm-hmm. But in the wake of all the Trevor Bauer allegations, I thought that that would be kind of a good like segue into it to raise money for domestic violence. And October is actually Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So it kind of works twofold. And so last year I did it for the East Los Angeles Women's Center. And this year I'm doing it for Peace Over Violence. And all of the um, stuff to how to donate is all on my on my page. But yeah, pretty much you just fill out the bracket for fun on your own. I seed it now, so there's no crazy matchups. And yeah, so this year we're already at uh, $3,433. I posted it last night, so that's the 
the TLDR of it, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about seeding it. Can you tell us a yeah, little bit I about, need to know about more how about that works? I need, um, I need to know the process. No, is it, is am... it just you? Is there like a like a competition committee involved in this or what? It's it's pretty much just me. I do send it to my dad afterwards. It's kind of an unbiased um, source. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I am a woman in STEM. It is a very scientific process. Um, <laughs> this year, I just cut out like all these little pieces of paper. And I, I mean, there's kind of people that I know are going to be like the favorites. And then there's people kind of at the bottom, you know, that I know are not the favorites. And then there's a, like, I don't know, usually there's a lot of like faceless bullpen boys that I can like, you know, kind of put up as buys. But honestly, this year was a pretty tough squad, but I kind of try to do like a preliminary seed and see where that goes out. And then I just kind of change it around until I like it. Do you think as the Dodgers get better on the field, they also get hotter? Like, do you think because the Dodgers are playing so well, you're willing to sort of like put on the beer goggles of a 112 win team a little bit with some of these guys? I think, and I also, I, I do think that's true. And I also think that when they come to the Dodgers, if like they're traded or if they sign, I think they get hotter. <laughs> I think that it's been seen many times. I'm trying to because think of the like, uniform or like, or, or just, just like the, the, the beauty uniform, of Chavez like, Ravine or what? Yes. The, the team, like just like beautiful company. I don't know. I think it really brings them out. It brings it out in each other. Yeah. Jo- like Joey true. Gallo. Looks yeah. Joey great. Gallo. Joey Gallo. Great I'm sorry. Uniform. He looks so much better than in pinstripes. He looks great mm-hmm. here. He gets to have his beard. He's having a great time. He, yeah, yeah he was the big winner this year, actually. I don't know if you guys saw his team dress up uh, Chippendales outfit. Yeah, but I think unavoidable that, in a good way. <laughs> I mean, even for me, so that's almost <laughs> that's almost not fair. He's lobbying uh, to think, win this. Yeah, bracket, I think right he now. knew. I think he had to do that. He must have known because that really was the the standout this year. Can you? You mentioned kind of that you've been doing this for a few years now. What have the trends kind of looked like as far as winners or people who are showing up uh, a lot in people's brackets or making it to those final rounds? Do you do you ask people to like like go through and and select a winner for each round or do you just kind of fill out the bracket? Um, we don't usually sometimes we'll do like polls or something to see kind of like how the collective thought is, but it's kind of just a personal thing that everyone fills out and like. Mm-hmm. But there is definite trends that I notice. Like every year, there's usually like, you know, some bigger winners. And there's people that win every year, but like between like girls and then like, you know, like the straight guys, it was always Corey Seeger for them. He was their Ryan Reynolds. Um, <laughs> but he's gone now. And I think now it's uh, it's like Mookie or it's like, you know, the guys that are like, oh, it's Kershaw because like that's, my, you know, my dad's right. like Kershaw and JT, like they earned it. I'm like, you're not doing it right. But. <laughs> Right, you're picking like the wife guys, like the exactly. you know, I'm just like, like the dudes. You have to, you have to. It's it should be lust. It shouldn't be, you know, <laughs> it shouldn't be with your head. But yeah, there's definite. Tra- this year, I've seen a lot of. I mean, I've seen a lot of Joey, and then there's always like the Chris Taylor people. I was always a Chris girl. Cody, Mookie is a lot of the Mookie's taken over a lot of the Corey Seager vote. I think. Mm-hmm. Is there any way to like judge the consensus? Like, do you do any kind of like, uh, you know, statistical polling among the most prominent men- members of Dodgers Twitter and see who is like the consensus winner every year? I, I think that we are going to do that in the next couple of days, like just on some Twitter polls. But I have never, I don't know how I would ever manage that. Like, there's so, I try yeah. to keep up with the hashtag, but I think this year it's, it's Joey for sure. Who are like the most surprising participants that you've had over the years? Um, well, this year we had, you know, a Tommy Canely breakout. People really like him. Oh, interesting. interesting. Um, I mean, participants in terms of people filling out the bracket. Like who oh, on, on Dodgers Twitter have you been like, what the fuck? Why is this person filling out this hotness bracket that I made up in my senior year or whatever class? Um, Ryan Johnson, actually, director <laughs> of like Knives Out. And he's done like a Star Wars. He's like a Dodgers Twitter. He's a Dodger fan. And every last year Fuck he yeah. filled it out and he just responded to it today. But he said uh, Tungus. So I don't know if that means Justin Turner or, you know, the AMPM guy. But yeah. every t- and he follows me on Twitter. And sometimes when I'm tweeting some dumb shit, I'm like, oh, my gosh, what if Ryan Johnson is reading this? What if this is contributing to The Last Jedi? What, <laughs> what if? What if I'm taking <laughs> well, away from his very precious time? Well, Ryan is married to Karina Longworth, who is like a mainstay of Dodgers Twitter. She's a huge yeah. Dodgers fan. She's she's a legend for that. 
Yes. I'm trying to think. I know like some of the players have seen it. Like I know on a different podcast, like Ross Stripling at the time saw it. Like I know oh my like, God. like I, that was horrifying, but also I don't. So last year, um, Houston Mitchell on from the LA times wrote like in his, um, his newsletter about the bracket. And after, you know, after all that, he's like, Hey, like if you want next year, like I could probably get you into the booth, like to meet Joe and oral. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. And I told my dad and he was like, if you don't do that, like, you know, he grew up, like he was at the Kirk Gibson game. Like Uh he's like, McKenna, if you don't do that, like I'm disowning you. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, does that mean that they're going to have to know what it is? Like that's, I don't want them to perceive me. Right. Like (laughs) you guys know what this is about, right? We're talking about like, like physical attraction to these players, not like like hottest on the baseball field. Like, can you just tell him it's for charity? Like, but so this year, like, you know, I was like, okay, when I'm back from school, like I'll have to hit him up. And I messaged him and he was like, yeah, like, let me know if the day I'll make sure they're there. Like I'll do it. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) So I actually did get to go in the, in the booth and, and meet them and see all that. Holy shit. Literally the most nerve wracking experience of my whole life. Thought I was going to puke, but I didn't. And it was really cool but i'm like joral knowing the the bracket is is canon now yeah well so that's a that brings up an important question actually is it so it can only be dodgers players then it can't be dodgers coaches managers front office members or importantly for this purpose announcers (laughs) people I, i don't put them on the bracket it's actually harder now that there's like less you know like when it was like the 40 man roster i had more of a pool to choose from and now it's what 28 or whatever yeah. And so I kind of had to like pick some people on the IL or whatever, but I have never added them, but people will write them in all the time. Like the trainers or doc or, or Joe, um, people say I should do another one, but I don't know. I don't want to oversaturate the market. Right. You got to trickle it out to people. Don't give them everything yeah. they want right away. Exactly. You make this last for years. Long tail. I know. I can't, I can't give in to everything, but people do write them in. Like people will write people that are gone. Like, you know, we get like Chase Utley write-ins and Matt Kemp and all that sort of stuff. So people kind of do whatever they want anyway. So yeah, if that's their the, winner. They can add it themselves. The bracket, the bracket is really the friends we made along the way. Ultimately, <laughs> exactly. <you know? laughs> um, so we'll obviously link to all of this stuff in the description and and where people can donate. But um, is there anything else that you want to say about like what why you chose Peace Over Violence this year or the Domestic Violence Action Fund? Like anything specific about those places? Um, I have their little, the blurb pulled up here that I can read about the domestic violence fund. So that's specifically for, I think it is for like October for the month. But so the domestic violence fund is a multi-year campaign initiated by Peace Over Violence to make the connections between domestic violence and the most urgent health, social and economic problems impacting our communities today. And then the money that they raise is like supports survivors with cat case management, counseling, and legal services, as well as direct cash assistance to survivors in Los Angeles. So I think that that's just exact, pretty much what I wanted to encompass with the charity that I picked this year. And, and so all of that is linked. It's like, it's a personal fundraising page so that we can keep track track it. And of course you don't have to be a Dodgers fan to fill it out or donate. You can, I've seen some other teams make their own, but Alex, should we should we like collaborate and do a tipping pitches one, or should we each make our own? Well, how should we handle guys, this? Yeah, like, yeah, that's a that's a good question. I have a feeling that we would have, have a decent similar amount taste of in men overlap, which makes yeah. me think we should submit our own ballots in order to kind of um, uh, you know goose the numbers a little. Bit, oh, okay, right, yeah. right. That's that's two votes for for Mookie instead of one for Kike instead of one. Right, are Mookie and gallo on different sides of the bracket like can they match up in the final they are not they are on the same side of the bracket but they're they wow. are top Con- so controversy it could be a semi-final matchup controversial well we'll have to duke that out we're going to record the rest of the podcast later today maybe we can yeah i want to see your guys's <laughs> i was going to ask if you guys think that there's another team that is hotter than the dodgers or if that is just scientific truth because i That's, can't think wow. of one I don't think it's biased. Like I truly think, I think there's some, you know, hotties around the league individually, but collectively, I'm not sure. I just, I haven't done the research. I don't think I've done the research. (laughs) (laughs) That's a question I'm just going to have to think about and get back to you. I wish we had, um, 
I wish we had Stephen from batting around here because he is the real one who could who could answer that for us. He yeah. has, has a long running list of hottest players by team, basically. Yeah, true. I was trying Ph- to think Philly's like, sneaky yeah. in there. Philly's sneaky Philly? in there. I'm no, no, no. Stop. Why? Because because of who? Because of Aaron Nola? Won't get the vaccine, greasy ass Aaron Nola? Come on. <laughs> I don't know if this you is, got, yeah, I don't I don't know if this is a safe space to say this, but I was thinking like maybe Braves, but even then I don't think so. It's not a safe space to say this. And it's certainly not <laughs> no, a safe it's time not, to say not that. Not this week, no. yeah. <laughs> Although that's that's a pretty good answer, I'm not gonna lie. It's yeah. They have a lot of nice looking dudes, but they're dead to me, all of them. The entire organization. They're just all so dead to me. Um well, actually, b- before you go, McKenna, we wanted to ask you. So the rest of this this podcast episode is going to be our playoff preview, which is uh, mm-hmm. we're going to be like, you know, making the case for why it would actually be good for each team that's in the playoffs to win the World Series. So mm-hmm. while you're here, why don't you make that case to the neutral the neutral listeners of Tipping Pitches as to why it would be, be good for the world if the Dodgers won the World Series? Well, selfishly, I just want everyone to shut up about the 60-game season. I'm sick of that take. I think the physical illness that I felt during that whole playoffs made it real to me. Um, <laughs> I think that the playoffs were longer. It's 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 a terrible excuse. Everyone had a chance to win. You know, if they didn't, they're just they're just jealous. Um, I mean, if we can just go off the bracket, the the world needs a a hottest. They need to see the hot Dodgers. I also think because it was 2020, you know, LA didn't get the parade. Yeah. Do all that sort mm-hmm. of fun stuff and i think i think we deserve it yeah, and we got does, cheated out of 2017 we it's our it's our moment for the real deal there does feel like a little bit of something to prove for the dodgers this year especially because they're just like every year they become the best team that ever was you know progressively yeah. they top themselves it's like they're still they're still looking for that uh non mickey mouse trophy right oh come on with the <laughs> mickey mouse come on <laughs> I do think uh, you make a good point in that they've definitely been like the definingly good team of the last decade in terms of just like building the best rosters, sustained success and that sort of thing. And to only have the one World Series to show for it and for all people to be insufferable about it is a really annoying continuing narrative. And so I'm kind of with you. I kind of I'm 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 bought in. I just need, yeah, like when I'm back home, I'm by all these Angel fans. And when I'm up at school, I'm by all these Giants fans. And I'm just sick of hearing I'm sick of hearing it, and I need we I need a definitive non Mickey Mouse, if you will. Even though all, that's that's cool. all these Angels fans. You found the like the one place on planet Earth that there's a lot of Angels. Do you live in Anaheim? Do you live I in the parking lot of Angel like, Stadium? <laughs> I mean, I'm in like South OC, so it is like. Mm. I mean, we had like homecoming, like in the this little like dance thing, like in the Angels parking lot. Wow. Like that, like right next to it. I'm That's, like 20 minutes away. Artie Moreno is squeezing all that he can out of that. That is land, Orange County being culture. Orange County that culture. Is, doing your homecoming in a parking lot. It wasn't outside in a parking lot. It was like some. <laughs> I don't know what. It, I can't explain it exactly. But yeah. But every time you know, I drive by that A, and it's never lit up. It's so sad. It is sad. It is very sad. Um, McKenna Martin, thank you so much. Where can people find your lovely tweets about the Los Angeles Dodgers for the rest of the, the year? So it's McKenna underscore M19, and that's M-A-K-E-N-N-A underscore M19. All of this stuff is pinned. In my pinned tweet is the bracket, and in the thread is the donation stuff. And then in my bio, there's the link tree for the donation and for the raffle. If there's some more Dodger fans that want some Dodger prizes, and if not, you can just donate no matter where your, your loyalties lie. McKenna, thanks so much. Okay, thank you to McKenna. Anything else to say about why the Dodgers should win this year? I mean, McKenna made a great case. I kind of shared what what my opinion was, which is that it'd be really cool to see the sort of dynasty confirmation. Yeah. The Dodgers winning it in a full season. The kind of like coup de grace of the best regular season team over the last 10, 12 years. This histo- the historic achievements of this franchise in terms of like consistency, consistent winning. It'd be really cool to see Kirsch get another ring. Mm-hmm. I'd feel sad for Kenley Jansen, but nonetheless, be cool to see Mookie get another ring. Like th- these things would all 
be very satisfying for a neutral fan who doesn't have any pre-existing animus towards the Dodgers. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, that their 2020 World Series obviously counts. It's in the record books, just like every uh, hey, every other hey, World whoa, Series whoa, whoa, whoa. Mickey Mouse ring. <laughs> <laughs> I only go by record books. Sorry, Bobby and, and Roger. Um, the so, MLB commissioner should make two separate trophies. <laughs> this one will be a third of the size of the actual <laughs> World Series trophy. I actually would have been okay with that. that. I would have been okay with that. That would actually be kind of funny. Um, so I think there's probably a desire on, on the Dodgers parts to prove that that was not a a fluke, right? And certainly on the part of fans. Uh, you mentioned Kershaw, who resigned with a one-year contract this offseason. But again, we're going to go through that whole song and dance and wonder about whether this is it for for him with the Dodgers. No way, dude. I I know, I know. But Dodger for gonna, life has to be. He has to be. Yeah, but it was an open question. Yeah. Last offseason, right? This is also notably David Price's last ride, which goaded. So goaded. So goaded. So goaded. Just cannot believe he's still pitching on a major league baseball team in 2022. He's old. The, so the day that the day that Kershaw to the Rangers rumors stop. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> will be the day we'll, that we'll, Clayton Kershaw retires. Yeah. But so I, I see what you're saying. Um, outside of all of that, the Dodgers are fun. Yeah. And they have a great fan base. Mm-hmm. Seeing World Series games in Dodger Stadium, like we were robbed of that in the in the 2020 World Series when they actually won it. And we've seen so many World Series games there over the last five years because they made it 2017 and 2018. We saw a lot of high leverage games at Dodger Stadium last year in 2021. I attended one, a Max Scherzer start in the NLDS against the Giants. Really electric place to watch baseball on television or in person. So that's, I mean... I feel like we're showing our Dodgers bias a little bit. Tim yeah, Pitches is kind of bought by the Dodgers. Low I, key. I, it's kind of, yeah. Low key. We're kind of bought by the Dodgers. Um, next up is a franchise that we are we are not bought by, although there have been many accusations that we have been too nice to them in the 2022 baseball season. It is the New York Yankees, Alex. Why sell me <laughs> on the New York Yankees? Heard of them? I actually don't have many narratives for this one. There's not much going on with the team. I mean, the team's good, but it's kind of hard to put your finger on like something to really watch for right. in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, I, maybe an IKF breakout <laughs> is really what I'm rooting for. I know you're rooting for your guy, Josh Donaldson. Of course, yeah. Here's the thing. You're wearing a Josh Donaldson jersey right now as we record this. <laughs> I am. I thought that Josh Donaldson shorts were a little much, but <laughs> yeah, kind of. What do you think about the Josh Donaldson slides, though? <laughs> the the cool part about the shorts is the his face on the butt part of it, <laughs> right? I really like that. You're watching Yankees for Aaron Judge, right? Yes. I, is there another reason why you're actually really going to throw your weight behind them? Because no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. There there kind of isn't really this. These playoffs also feel a little important to me for like Yankees fans narratives because if Judge has a poor postseason or he has a fine postseason and the Yankees don't win, you've all of a sudden lost a ton of ammo in your MVP debate for years to come. For years to come. Can't Sorry, do it in the Judge postseason. Can't do it in the postseason. <laughs> oh, you're telling his me he can hit 62 home runs, but he can't get his team to win a ring? Shit doesn't work in the playoffs, dog. For our sakes, I hope the Yankees do it, just so we don't have to deal with that shit. I wrote down Aaron Judge billion dollar contract question mark. Mm-hmm. Say he hits like thirteen home runs this postseason. Yeah, which is four hundred of, of distinct possibility. World Series MVP, ALCS MVP, sticks it to the Astros in the ALCS. Yeah, sticks it to the Dodgers in the World Series. Think about all the narratives. That we can get out of that next year. Yeah. Yankees don't resign him. Embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Utter disaster. End of the Yankees franchise as we know it. Yankees do resign him. They're going to have to pony up. Yeah. In a way that Brian Cashman has never done, has never wanted to do. That Hal Steinbrenner, is that even the one that runs them? Hank Steinbrenner, whichever one runs them now, RIP to the other one is going to have to turn into his dad for a couple months. And I I honestly, I welcome it. I welcome it. Outside of that, the Yankees can eat shit this year. I don't give a shit about them. <laughs> well, 
No, no. Here's why I actually want them to win. I loved all of the walks against the Orioles. It's really good baseball. On-base percentage is very important to me. Stop. Stop. <laughs> We're not doing this. We're we not are. doing this. We said we, we wouldn't wait into it. We are. Here, you know the other reason they should win? Bring one home for cash. Come on. <laughs> Last season of his contract, is he going to return? Are the Yankees going to have to choose between Judge and Cashman? I'm kind of curious like what he would do if he wasn't the Yankees GM. Like, I'm not totally sure what he did before that. Because he was like 25 when mm-hmm. he became their assistant GM. Right. So like, not not to be too dramatic, but who is Brian Cashman? Yeah, but he was still like sweating out ecstasy from college when he joined the Yankees organization. Allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, he seems more like an IPA guy. I think so. Yeah. Just like a couple IPAs and into bed at ten thirty. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Day play, starts plays early. It safe. Plays it safe. Early bird gets the worm. Uh. Boy, oh boy. Here Next we go. Next up. Here we go. Cardinals of St. Louis. I got this one. This one actually also on the easier side. I got this one. Is would there be anything more satisfying than Albert Pujols going out on top? Yeah, like just make him the owner of the fucking team after that. Mm-hmm. Get Bill DeWitt out of here. Albert wins. Give him the keys to the franchise. That's it. That's the that's the number one. Frankly, like maybe the only reason. I guess if you're sentimental towards Adam Wainwright and Yadier Molina, yeah, which I don't know why you would be. Like you can maybe tip your cap to them. <laughs> But for all the people who are like, man, they've spanned this whole time frame. I'm like, yeah, the time frame sucked. They were horrible to root for for that whole time. <laughs> anyway, back on track. Albert Pujols, crowning achievement on one of the 10 best careers baseball has ever seen. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. I'm rooting for their infield defense. Wow. It's the thing that's going to carry them. You're not rooting for their outfield defense anymore because they shipped away Harrison Bader. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Shamelessly. Oh fuck! I forgot to mention him in our Yankees roundup. <laughs> okay, never mind. Um, Buzzcut Harrison Bader is bizarro. It's super bizarro because he went from being like long, flowy haired, like hype beast dude to like milk toast fifth year college senior living in Bushwick. Yeah, <laughs> Bushwick. Nah, dude. He's a he's like a fight eye guy. That's what he looks like to me. Really, I feel like he kind of would fuck with Brooklyn. Like, knowing who he is, yeah. Yeah. But, like, seeing him in a Yankees uniform, I'm like, Murray Hill. (laughs) Two bridges, what's up? (laughs) This is true Yankees head. This is true New Yorker head content. We're talking about the Cardinals. Albert Pujols. You're absolutely right. I'm down for Wainwright and Molina to... To be there for it. I think I would feel oh, less... just to, I like, think to support him on this journey. Right. Like, it's mostly about Pujols. Like, I, I think I would root for them less if Pujols was not there and it's Wainwright and Molina, like... Obviously. Uh, okay. I mean, I actually kind of like them. Um, they're... Uh, maybe it's just that they're kind of inoffensive against the backdrop of the larger Cardinals franchise. You're right. Yeah, that's fair. But they're certainly mainstays Adam in the Wayne organization. Wright, unfortunately, has been dead to me for 15 years. Well, but it's, yeah. it's no fault of his own. Right. It's fine. They also also have a new manager, right? Oliver uh, Marmol. Mm-hmm. Um, been in the organization for a for a few years. Yeah. But I I like seeing young managers come up and like change it up a little bit. As opposed to the same faces that we've seen over and over. But if the Cardinals win the World Series, how are they going to get Ali Marmol out of there so that Yachty can be their manager? <laughs> three years after he retires because that's coming that is absolutely coming yeah yeah dude cannot leave the cardinals organization <laughs> he just lives breathes eats baseball yeah and that's why i'm not mad about him if he gets another ring okay it hurts i know core. it hurts again it, it kind of says something that we really have to narrow our focus to one maybe three players maximum yep to state our case i don't really like i don't hate most of the cardinals players no Honestly, I have been fawning over Nolan Arenado for seven years. Mm-hmm. He's like he was like my dream future Met third baseman for so long. On pod and off pod, I would just badger anyone who would listen to me about this. Like Nolan Arenado, future Met, let's yeah. do it. Um, and and Goldschmidt's revival has been kind of kind of amazing to watch, like almost unbelievable to watch. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't hate the individual players as much, but the whole team and the whole fan base is like really truly painful for me to observe. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I could I could get happy for Albert. More happy than I could for some other teams on this list. Yeah, I feel you. Next up, 
the Toronto Blue Jays. What you got? Well, it's a little unfortunate because we were robbed of the vaccination policy drama mm-hmm. that would have defined this postseason. Right. Robbed. Robbed. Justin Trudeau doesn't want to see us win. It's the it's the neoliberals out to get us again, Alex. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Outside of that, the Blue Jays are like quietly one of the best offenses in baseball, and it's because they are really just quietly. really quietly boring. <laughs> really, really lots of so many good hitters on the team that I am just like, I guess you could hit 300 with a dozen home runs. Just a ton of 798 OPSs on this team. Yep. And a couple like 820s. Yeah, Nothing just else. inoffensively solid. Yep. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they don't have players who you actually can throw your weight behind, right? Yeah. Vlad Jr. remains one of the bright young talents in this game, right? And is having a down year for him, which means one of the better seasons in baseball right now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Bobichette Jr., I feel like people are kind of divided on him as just far as like... Junior. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fine. We're rolling. We're rocking. He does have a dad. I'm moving too fast. I got two names next to me on the notes in front of me. It's fine. He does have a everything a would Bichette change dad. if he was Dante Bichette Jr. Yeah, I mean there is a Dante Bichette Jr. who didn't make it, but if Bo, he just seems like a bow. He is a bow. Get the hair, honestly. Yeah, he's fun. He's he is fun. He's good. I some people like to have debates about like is Bo Bichette good or not, and I think it's because not one of those people. <laughs> right, I know. I don't like to have debates on whether a player is good. No, I don't. Um, the the last thing I'll say about the Blue Jays um, is, so their their longtime broadcaster, Buck Martinez, obviously was diagnosed with cancer at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. um, made his triumphant return to the booth in at the end of July, and uh, Sportsnet Canada has announced that he'll be in the booth for their postseason coverage uh, this year. And so with questions surrounding whether or not he will return to the booth in 2023, I think that's a genuine reason for certainly for Blue Jays fans to get behind that franchise, but also broader baseball fans who just like the sport and its history. He's a part of that franchise. Um, And I don't know. They could do it for him and I wouldn't be mad about it. Yes. I think that they have a pretty good fan base too. Honestly, Roger center rocks Mm -hmm. during the playoffs. As we recall from 2015, which is one of the best baseball games Kind of un- underrated aspect of domed stadiums is that that thing gets loud. bumping. Stupid loud. Uh, I'd be happy for Steve Sledkowski, <laughs> guitarist of pop, yeah. former guest of Tipping Pitches. Um, and finally, here's something I forgot to mention when we were talking about the Rays. It's just really funny anytime another team in the AL East wins the World Series and it's not the Yankees. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really is like a special kind of poison to the Yankees. Yeah, it really brands. does scratch that itch for you, doesn't it? <laughs> the Red Sox have won so many times. Yeah. <laughs> the Rays made it, you know, like right, because you can't the even The more teams that can win the World Series in that division with before the Yankees win it again, the it's, better. It's good. That's praxis yes. right there. Cuz it's exactly. not even that the Yankees exactly. are bad and no, not making it good it's the whole time it's that they're really good the whole time and, and cannot make other final teams push. go through like whole boom bust rebuild cycles in the time that it takes the Yankees <laughs> to make it back to the world series uh alex next up it's the new york mets oh the Would, new york mets i uh, i know you have an affinity towards them would you like to make this case or are you f- afraid to make this case for them to win the world series i <laughs> both i guess i don't really know i'm i'm afraid because honestly i don't know who i will be if the mets win the world series like for my whole life i've had this north star and the north star is crushing anxiety that the mets will never win the world series in my lifetime and as i've expressed on this podcast i think it's the reason that we're here doing this right now like i think if the mets were just crushing it winning world series every three to five years Similarly for the A's. Right. I don't think we would think anything no, was wrong with Major League you're Baseball. You're not brain poisoned enough. 12-year-old me would have been like, everything seems good. Everything right. yeah, seems fine. Yeah, my team's winning. That's what matters, right? Scoreboard. Critical thinking? Never matter. <laughs> <laughs> Scoreboard. <laughs> How easily we would become Yankees fans. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the reason that I'm scared if the Mets win the World Series. But at the same time, I mean... Would, do people not want to hear how I would react on the pod if right. the Mets win the World Series? Like, uh-huh. there will be tears. Yeah. 
if they win or lose. Right. <laughs> but there'll be happy tears. I'll be able to continue the podcast. The sad if they tears win. will be paywalled behind the Patreon <laughs> if you want to hear that. The honest reason, if I'm setting aside my fandom, is that they are blowing through the luxury tax. Yep. They have a new owner who wants to win above all costs and is investing like no one has ever seen. He's like the new George Steinbrenner. And I, I think that the more <laughs> the more that the Mets and the Dodgers, and to a lesser extent the Yankees, can make it seem like if you're trying to pinch pennies, you have no chance, the better. That is my case for neutral fans. And also, like, if the Mets win the World Series, the Met fans in your life are probably going to be a little less annoying. And as it stands right now, we're so annoying <laughs> all of the time. I'm annoying to myself about how I feel about the Mets. <laughs> and I just want less of that for me, for my fellow Mets fans, and for everyone else in the baseball world. We can let it go for a couple of years. At least. A five-year moratorium on doomsday Mets posting. Think about how beautiful the God, society that, could that be. That actually, you're getting me a little amped for this. You're making a good case. Yeah. I've thought a lot about this. I don't know if you know, but I thought a lot about what would happen if the Mets won the World Series. Uh, Buck deserves this. So true. Buck needs a ring. So true. Yeah. Second most wins by a manager without making a World Series appearance. Yeah. I mean, and this is, frankly, I think back to our man Clinton Yates, who notably, famously drafted Buck Showalter in the all-gift draft at the beginning of the a year. disruptor. Breaking a rule we didn't even know was, was there. A trendsetter. A, an absolute trendsetter. A visionary. We get to see this man's gift prowess on national TV. Yep. We get For to see that in the World Series? Absolutely. Millions. Sign me the fuck up. Yeah. That's kind of it. They spend a lot, and Buck's cool. And, like, Francisco Lindor is cool. They also, like, have so many players that it's so easy for me to yeah. root for. Half of them were on the fucking A's two right. years ago. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, are we going to, like, are we going to see unbuttoned Starling Marte? Yeah. That's a distinct possibility. Scher- and Scherzer I'm, on the big stage. Mm-hmm. DeGrom back in the World Series. Yeah. Chris Bassett shaking off pitches for 30 seconds. (laughs) Yep. Struggling with the pitch con. (laughs) Get pumped. Think about how many loving shots we're going to get on Steve Cohen and his quarter zips. Oh, my God. We should make a tipping pitches branded quarter zip. Mm -hmm. See if we can get Steve Cohen to buy it. That's a lot of free advertising. That is incredible. We have to get that going quickly. We need him to be on that biggest stage. Yeah. How's our new merch going? (laughs) That we had people vote in. What was the result of those polls? Did we ever set a like a deadline, or were we just gonna kind of pick a? I know, I know, Mariners was big. Mariners I, was okay. was a winner. I hear democracy happens every day, so we should just let it keep going. I think so too. <laughs> you gotta show up to the voting booths <laughs> in different ways. <laughs> if you're if you're in line for a dipping pitch assured, stay in line. <laughs> okay, we're running out of time here right. at the end. We have one more team. To make the case for. Yeah, we do. It is the Houston Astros. I felt like uh, making this case might derail the segment. So mm-hmm. we saved the fucking worst for last. I'll let you go first. Sell me the Astros. I think the Astros are actually one of the one of the easier teams to make a case for, honestly. And it kind of hinges on whether or not you can put aside the cheating scandal or not. Mm-hmm. For me. Like, that's really it. Like, if you take that away... They're actually a pretty likable team. They have the best, maybe the best hitter in baseball, not named Aaron Judge yeah. and Jordan Alvarez. They have Dusty Baker, who is obviously beloved around the game and is another figure who we don't really know how long he's going to hang around for. Mm-hmm. Even with the cheating scandal, you know that the Astros are looking to prove something, right? They have that chip on their shoulder. Jose Altuve However needs, needs to win. Stupid However that unearned is. that that chip is, they want to prove that they can do it without trash cans, right? So that's not necessarily a reason to root for them. But they it's came certainly damn close last year too. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, they've come so close in recent years, right? They've set up this dynasty that hasn't really materialized into an actual dynasty yet, right? They have a ring to show for it that many people won't even acknowledge. So yeah, that they're afraid to show. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. So their years of tanking need to pay off for something, right? Mm-hmm. This is it. This is their chance. 
do their years of tanking need to pay off? Is that good if their years of tanking pay off? Well, <laughs> depends on your perspective. Here's my case. If the Astros win the World Series, it will be a seismic enough event that I think it might break Twitter, break baseball Twitter. But larger than that, I think it might just break baseball. I think baseball might just end because people will be so mad and freaking out so much. And then we just won't have to ever watch or stress about baseball ever again. No more baseball. That's the that's it. That's the end. The final note. The Astros winning the 2022 World Series. Everybody's brain melts into a collective puddle of right. shared consciousness about how baseball is over. Yeah. And We're we done. start from scratch. We're done. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, this is the big bang. <laughs> <laughs> we can just start over. No pun intended. Big bang. Right. The second coming of baseball. <laughs> I, I think it'd be cool for uh, Verlander to get another ring, especially one that isn't like once again marred by controversy sure yeah i it pains me to say it but i like the dude why does it pain you to say it because he's like a normie well well mostly mostly because he like killed the a's in like four straight playoffs this is the other thing though who hasn't he killed i know he just kills everyone i know what's going on there he's like 40 yeah and (laughs) 190 era and has a good shot at winning a cy young yeah. Does he have the innings? Mm. These are the questions. These are the questions. These are the questions the listeners come for. We did it, Alex. We made the case against all odds for why every team, every mm-hmm. team, every team in the 2022 playoffs yeah. should win. That was 12 teams. That was all Count 12 em. teams, every team. Thank you to <laughs> listeners of this lovely podcast. Thank you to McKenna Martin for coming on and talking about the 2022 Dodgers hotness bracket. Please go fill out your own Dodgers hotness brackets. I'm just going to lean all in on Joey Gallo, though. My fellow Italian brother. He's pretty far and away the number one seed. He needs this. He He does. He really needs this. This is the bounce back he needs. (laughs) If he can't get hot on the field, he can be hot off it. Exactly right. Uh, Please tell a friend about Tipping Pitches as we head into October for more lovely content like this. Please share this episode with a friend. Thank you to the five members of our Alex Rodriguez VIP club tier this week that we will shout out. Thank you to all of you, all dozens and dozens of you, but we only have time to shout out five. Those five members this week are Anne, Eddie, Josh, Henry, and Ben. Alex, anything else to leave the people with this week? If you want your name to be one of those listed at the end of every episode, or even if you just want more content from us, because boy, do we have some. We got content. (laughs) Patreon. That's one one thing we have. Patreon.com slash tipping pitches check out all the tiers we have various perks you want to be in the slack you want to be in the for, slack for I, playoffs. I know like, you do this is the first year that the slack has existed for the major league baseball playoffs and if you're listening to this right now you want to be in it and you can get in it by signing up for any tier five dollars just try it out for a month i promise you'll like it it's going to be a lot of fun we're hanging out with all of our friends in the slack and we're going to be doing live streams too yeah if you are a fan of one of those 12 teams Godspeed. Good luck. I hope that you don't come up against the Mets, because then we are sworn mortal blood enemies. Of course. But other than that, I wish you well. (laughs) Thanks for listening to another episode of Tipping Pitches. We'll be back next week. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm Alex Rodriguez. Tipping Pitches. Tipping Pitches. Pitches. This is the one that I love the most. Tipping pitches. So we'll see you next week. See ya! We're talking baseball. <laughs> I'm sorry. Talking baseball. <laughs> A baseball podcast. <laughs> <laughs>